Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord is a great God. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Harden not your hearts. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke chapter 2, verses 33 to 35. Glory to you, O Lord. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many may be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of you uh, may know a little bit about me and know that I used to be, I have my own business um, and I was a personal trainer and a fitness instructor before um, being ordained. Well, I'm still, a, I, I have a few of my personal training clients. I haven't given them all up. I've kept a couple. Um, but today I wanted to tell you about one of my clients, a lovely lady who's a friend called Heather. And I trained Heather for about three years. So every week she would come to me um, and we would do some, some work together. And it became clear to me, um, probably about a year and a half ago, that actually I had taught her everything I could. I'd run out of new things to show her and teach her. And we could carry on with just more of the same. But actually, in order for her to meet some of her goals, in order for her to go further, I had to let go of her. And I made that decision, which was hard because I enjoyed spending time with her. I enjoyed being with her. Uh, and she rubbed off on me in a positive way. But I had to say to her, actually, Heather, I think you need to go to somebody else. And I know who you should go to. <laughs> and I passed her on to somebody else. I knew that in order for her to grow and to accomplish more, she had to go to somebody with a different skill set to me. And I trained with her yesterday. And I told her that she had things she could now teach me. Um, so she is growing and learning because I didn't hold on to her. In today's story, Moses' mum recognised that the destiny of her child was about more than him just being her child. Rather than clinging on to him, which would have led to his death, she lets go of him. That must have been a very difficult and painful thing to do. Trusting that somehow giving him away would bring him life and freedom. Going against all of her desires as a mother to want to have him near, 
to care for him and to nurture him. So she places him in a basket in the river with his sister Miriam to watch over him. Fortunately, as she had hoped, Pharaoh's daughter sees him and wants him for her own. So she takes him into the palace to be raised as her son. And through the intervention of Miriam, his mum is enlisted as a nurse. And so she still gets to be involved in the life of Moses, although always having to watch from a distance as somebody else called him son. And somebody else even named him. I'm sure that she had a name for Moses when he was born, but it wasn't Moses. We don't know what that was. But somebody else even named her son. There are many women involved in this story. We have the midwives who helped Moses' mother give birth and then helped her to keep him hidden because they were supposed to ensure that all baby boys born to the Israelites were killed. They didn't. We have Miriam, his sister, who watches over him and ensures that he's safe and even intervenes to make sure that her mum can still be a part of Moses' life. We have Pharaoh's daughter herself, as well as her servants, who she enlists to fetch the baby. Only one of these women is Moses' biological mother. And yet, there are so many who play a role in nurturing and growing Moses so that he could become the one to lead people out of slavery in Egypt. Truth that you don't have to be a biological mother in order to bring a child up and see them flourish. In Africa, they have a saying, which I'm very sure you might have heard, and that is that it takes a village to raise a child. In our first world Western society, we've become very focused on the nuclear family as being those that raise the child. We've forgotten that community element of raising children and how much more important in the context of the church to think that it takes each of us to grow our children and disciple them in the way to go. The gospel reading for today too sees Mary bringing her baby boy to the temple knowing deep down in her heart that he is no ordinary boy. Both these mothers, living hundreds of years apart, both give birth to exceptional sons, sons who change the course of history, who challenge the power structures of the time, and who lead the people to freedom. Both these mothers don't hold on to their sons, but set them free. Both are faced early on in the lives of their sons, with the cold, hard reality that bearing children is painful and letting go of them even more so, but so necessary. Giving birth is not an easy process, albeit one that takes place on average 256 times around the world every minute. Anyone who has given birth 
or been in a birthing suite will know that giving birth is, to put it nicely, full of blood, sweat and tears. Yet it is truly beautiful and glorious and full of the wonderful mystery of God. The German mystic and philosopher Meister Eckhart sees birth as something we are all called to, male and female. God desires that each and every one of us gives birth to God, to bring into the world the fruits of God's spirit. We are co-creators with God in bringing God into the world and bearing fruit, fruit that gives life. We may not all give birth to physical children, but there are many spiritual things that God wishes to birth in us and that he wishes us to birth in the world. Any time we do anything that brings God, God's kingdom into this world, all the tiny acts of kindness and compassion, all the bigger acts of starting ministries, feeding the poor, challenging injustice, caring for creation, all these things bring God to birth in the world around us. And like all mothers, we have to be willing to nurture what we birth in the world, which will undoubtedly lead to that moment when we need to let it go into the world so that it can have a life of its own, so that it can flourish and, bring, and birth more of God in its own turn. The Bible's first words about God are, in the beginning, the spirit moved over the watery chaos, calling forth order and life. Our first glimpse of the divine is God as spirit, brooding over the face of the earth, creating and giving birth to creation. In our human experience, it's the female who gives birth. So to see God giving birth to life alerts us to the image of God as mother, the one who births, nurtures and guides. Maybe we're not so used to the idea of thinking about God as mother, but scripture is full of imagery that backs up this understanding of God. In Deuteronomy, God is the mother who gave birth to Israel. In Hosea, God is the mother who taught Israel to walk, led them into bands of love, and held them in her arms. In Isaiah, God is variously a mother in labor, a mother nursing her child, and a mother comforting her child. Elsewhere, God is compared to a mother bear and a mother eagle. And Jesus compares himself to a mother hen brooding over her, her babies. Julian of Norwich expands the idea of God as our mother as she contemplates how we are enclosed within God, that imagery of the womb, us being enclosed in him. As the body is clothed in cloth and the muscles in the skin and the bones in the muscles and the heart in the chest, so are we, body and soul, clothed and enclosed in the goodness of God. 
God is the creator, the true father and mother of nature, and all natures that are made to flow out of God to work the divine, to work the divine will, shall be restored and brought again into God. John 15 and verse 4 talks of the vine and how we abide in Jesus and he abides in us. Again, the symbolism of being enclosed within God and that God in turn dwells within us. We all carry the image of God within us. Genesis tells us that God created us in his image, male and female, he created them. If God is within us, and God is both mother and father, then we too are mother and father. Therefore, we too can create birth and nurture in the same way as mother God. Creation was not something that happened once, thousands or millions of years ago, depending on your understanding of creation. But God, our creator, continues to create. She hastens to fulfill, to complete God's glorious realm of shalom here on earth. But God does not choose to work on her own. We are claimed and adopted as children of the living God to be co-creators with her. So how do we give birth to God? How do we partner in being co-creators with God in the world? Well, when I went to uh, pre-birth classes, they taught us to breathe, (laughs) to focus, find something to focus on, And have somebody with you whose hand you can hold and squeeze really hard. We breathe in God. Spend time with the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to bring new birth, to bring to birth new things in you. New ideas, new passions, new ways of seeing God. New ways to love the world and show God to the world. Make space in your life for those growing dreams. Just as a mother gives up her body for the growing of a new life, so we need to give our body over to allow the spirit to grow in us. Next, we focus on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the loud voices of the world around us and the busyness, but stay true to what you've been called to, and to the one who calls you and equips you. And finally, we're not meant to embark on this journey on our own. God has put us in community. He wants us to be in community, to surround ourselves with people who will encourage us and keep us going when it gets tough. Barbara Brown Taylor, who is one of my favourite authors, and uh, I listen to some of her sermons as well, she said, we are all pregnant with the marvellous possibilities of God. I love that. We are all pregnant with the marvellous possibilities of God. 
Just as the Spirit worked in Mary to bring Jesus into the world, so the Spirit wants to partner with us too to bring more of God's loving presence into our world, which so desperately needs it. What will God birth in your life? Hospitality? Faith? A practice of prayer? Greater compassion that leads to action? Peacemaking? The possibilities are endless because our God is endless. But whatever it is, that new creation that God wants to birth in you, promises to be nothing short of a miracle. The glorious birth of God in our lives, in our church, in our community, and in the world.